Hello, Virginia educators, and welcome to another episode of Deeper Insights. Today, I get the privilege of sitting down with Dr. Herb Monroe, Assistant Superintendent of Caroline County Public Schools. He is also uh, a member of the Virginia Advisory Committee on Culturally Relevant and Inclusive Education Practices. He is a 2021 BASCD Impact Award winner, and you can learn more on a wordfromdoc.com. Herb, good morning and welcome. How are you? Chris, good morning, man. First of all, I want to say it is a plum pleasing pleasure to be here with you this morning, man. And I want to thank you and the VASCD for inviting me to share my story, man. I'm really honored. So yeah, man, I'm ready, man. I'm rocking and rolling. Monday is magnificent and I'm ready to turn up, man. Let's make the magic happen. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I I love your energy. I I always feed off of it. I, I appreciate your optimism uh, and just how you come at this work um, from that place of love and caring, from that place of high energy and and just, you know, Monday is magnificent. I mean, for, for those of you listening, I know we're going to publish this well and in, probably into November, uh, but it is Monday morning and uh, there is no uh, no place better to spend a money more morning than in a public school system uh, because you can never ever predict how your money is going to kick off. So I appreciate your energy, your enthusiasm, your optimism, and today really what your insight's all about. So uh, let's jump into it. You, you talked about sharing your story and and it's it's an interesting one. And so I'd, I'd, I'd love to just kick off with that question if you don't mind. Tell us a little bit about where you came from and how you came to be Dr. Herb Monroe, Assistant Superintendent, Caroline County. Wow, Chris, that's a big one, man. But tell you what, um, I'll be honest with you, man. A lot of people may not know this, but both of my parents were actual principals, man. My oh, dad no. was principal at Radcliffe Elementary and then Laburnum Elementary. My mom was principal at Rolf Middle School and then at uh, Brooklyn Middle School, man. And my parents said, Herbie, because that's what they called me, man. Herbie, they said, Herbie, whatever you do, do not, I repeat, do not go into education, right? But like all good <laughs> kids, man, look, look, like all good kids, man, we listen to our parents, right? <laughs> but man, I'm going to tell you, man, it was such a great experience, man. I actually started in um, Chamberlain Elementary School and um, Henrico, man, and I moved to my Trevette Elementary School. But believe it or not, I was that black kid with an IEP, man, and I was a severe stutterer. And I was not going to go into education because what do teachers have to do all the time? Right. Yeah. We have to talk. Right. We have right. to talk, man. But I'm going to tell you, because of my teachers from elementary all the way through and Jan Moss was my speech language pathologist, rest her soul, man. I had some cheerleaders and I had some amazing teachers that believed in me and they took me to places where I thought I could not go. And um, really, man, it just changed my life. And let me just tell you. One of the things that brought tears to my eyes when I became principal of Lakeside Elementary School, um, Lakeside is one of the few elementary schools that actually has a gymnasium, a cafeteria and an auditorium. And I tell you what, man, my speech language pathology teacher, Jan Moss said, Herbie, I would like to host my opening convocation meeting with all the speech language pathologists for Henrico County Public Schools at Lakeside Elementary. And I want you to bring the keynote message, man. And let me tell you, I cried, she cried, and all the teachers in there cried, man, because I'm telling you, man, I don't, I don't, I don't think teachers and education, teachers and educators really know the power they have. Mm. Because even if they don't see it, man, the seeds that they plant really help 
children to grow and to live and man and to thrive. And if we don't get it, you know, on that day, the way that they continue to nurture us, man, you know, we grow into something amazing later on. And um, I just want to thank all the educators out there because, you know, I believe we have the most important job because everybody had to be taught to do what they do, man. That's yes, right. Sir. Shout out, shout out to all the educators who are making a difference every single day, whether or not they know it, whether or not they feel it, and whether or not a student makes their way back to you to say thank you because you made a difference. But to your point, every every career field, everyone who does anything has to go through first has to go through a teacher. So you better believe, yeah, you better believe it, Chris. And um, really, man, to kind of add kind of a chapter two. You know, when I was um, going through middle school and high school, man, um, you know, I was too tall to play basketball, brother, at five foot two. He knows what to do. Since kindergarten, he applied the knowledge. And after 12th grade, he went straight to college. Right. So, uh, you know, with that being said, man, I actually went to Lock Haven University because I wrestled. And you know what, man, it was a little controversy there because, you know, my mom went to Hampton University, man, my grandfather went to Hampton University, man. My dad went to South Carolina State University, the Bulldogs. And, uh, you know, going to HBCUs was really big in my family, but, you know, wrestling wasn't big at HBCUs. So I went to Lock Haven University, man, about 30 miles west of Penn State in the middle of Pennsylvania, man, with only 89 black students on the entire campus, man. Mm. And, uh, you know, people talk about having the black experience. Well, let me tell you, if you're the only black kid at a university, on a wrestling team and there's 89 others, <laughs> you get a black experience. You know exactly who you are right away, man. But I'm gonna tell you, it was the most um, meaningful and enriching experience to me because the things that I learned and the opportunities I had was amazing. For example, I didn't even know what a pierogi was, man. Do you know what a pierogi is? I, I do, I do know what it, well, we, we call them pedogies. We, we pronounce the R as a D, but Come yes, I, I, know, I know exactly what they are. <laughs> Dude, but they didn't know what mince barbecue was up in Pennsylvania. You know, that pork shoulder or that pork pork butt, man. So, you know, even even though wrestlers could not eat, man, I love pierogies and they still love my barbecue, man. But the point I'm trying to make is maybe later in this conversation, we'll talk about privilege. You know, there's a lot of privilege and I know that's kind of a hot, hot topic. Mm-hmm. But I just want people to recognize that, you know, whether it's white, black, athletic or whatever, All of us may have privilege, but we may need to view it differently. For example, as a Division I wrestler at Lock Haven University, you know, man, we wrestle Penn State, Iowa, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Being a Division I wrestler, um, I had a little bit of privilege that a lot of other people on campus didn't have. You know, whether I got opportunities to fly places, to travel places, to have special rooming, uh, to be able to do some things and go to some things that other people weren't allowed to do meet, you know, some very, um, you know, different and high, high level people. So, you know, wrestling actually provided some opportunities to me that without it, I probably would not have had. But I also want to say that some of the experiences I learned, man, I learned how to hunt. I learned how to fly fish. Um, I know what a muzzle loader is. I know how to load one of those. And um, one thing I will tell you too, man, when people are working towards a common goal, a lot of times um, race, um, sexual orientation and other things sometimes go out of go out of the window. And what I mean by that is there were only two black guys on our wrestling team in college, but those guys are my brother right now. And some of them have become superintendents and other things. And they've invited me just as recent as two years ago 
to do workshops and to do seminars and other things in their school division. So, um, you know, a lot of us have really more in common than we have different. And I think people just need to take the time, sit down and have a real conversation because again, we have to turn to each other and never on each other to do what we need to do for kids. No, I, I appreciate that. And there's there's so much to unpack right there. Um, the thing that you've got me thinking about right now is how your experiences have, have translated into your leadership and also as a leader, the message that, that you deliver, the message that you carry, or whether it's the vision or the culture that you help to create, how did your experience feed into what what would I would call your, your leadership now? It, what, how did it shape that? Well, you know, one thing I've, I've, I've discovered, uh, Chris, is it's four letters, man. L-O-V-E. Yeah. And you got to love people. You got to be a lover of people, man. And, um, you know, we can't fool kids. Kids really understand the whole, what, phrase that we say, kids don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's you right. can't fake it around kids, man. And I don't <laughs> care whether you're black, white, or anything in between. Kids know if you love them, man. And and I always start with love. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I love kids before I know kids. And, you know, to be honest with you, man, after I graduated from Lock Haven University, I actually uh, taught for seven years in North Allegheny School Division, where I was also a first, man. We actually opened Marshall Elementary School. It was an elementary school with 970 kids, man. And I was the only Black teacher there, to be honest with you. But, um, after my second year at Marshall Elementary School, man, you know, I was really doing some cool things and, um, you know, parents started to request me. And I think the moral to the story was if kids are coming home every day saying, mom, guess what we did at school today? Dad, guess what we did at school today? Hey, you won't believe that we did this today at school. Again, man, I think people will move past the color and they'll look more at the person. And that's what I think we need to do. However, on the flip side, you know, being an African-American male, man, I had to be very careful. And I really thank my dad because my dad said, Herbie, whether it's fair or not, you know, you really need to under some, understand some things being a black male, you know, in this world. And he said, one, you're going to have to work a little harder than everybody else. He says, you're going to you're going to have to work twice as hard to get half as far. And, you know, my dad used to warn me about things like, you know, I know you like listening to Tupac and Biggie and all of that. But don't drive into the parking lot in the morning pumping that music with your windows down with your hat on backwards. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He said, you know, everybody may not know you well enough to understand who you fully are. Yeah. People will judge you on first glance sometimes. And my dad used to also say, I don't care what other teachers are wearing. You always wear slacks. You wear a collared shirt to work. All of these T-shirts on spirit days. He said, you don't you don't have that same privilege. Yeah. And that's the way that I taught. And that's the way that I've led throughout my entire life. Man. I, so I want to I want to come back to to your dad being one of your parental units as a as a principal and your mom as a principal. Do you think that that the fact that you both of your parents were principals, did that have any impact at all on on how things unfolded for you? Do, do you think or 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 would it have been the same if your parents weren't principals? Wow. Chris, that is a deep question, man. You know what's interesting? Um, both of my parents were successful principals in Henrico County. And, um, you know, Dr. Bosher, rest his soul. I know a lot of us in education remember him. 
Um, Mark Edwards, we remember him um, as a former superintendent. And and Chris, I don't, I really don't have the answer to that question because, you know, if I think back, I know it was Herbie this, Herbie that. And even though, man, look, I'm almost 55 and you feel this energy. Imagine me, this little black kid with an IEP <laughs> in third, third grade. You can imagine that I had trouble sitting still, right? Um, but I do wonder, you know, if I was a young black African-American male and I had no dad at home and my mom had three jobs, you know, and could never come to parent teacher conferences and other things. I wonder if I would have gotten the same treatment or would have gotten the benefit of the doubt or the same grace or the same opportunities that I received being that both of my parents were employees. You know, I would hope so. But that's something to really ponder. Um the other thing I would like to say about that, too, is um, it was Dr. Edwards was the reason why I got into education, man. Dr. Edwards, you know, my dad died of a heart attack during the school year when he was principal at Laburnum Elementary. And at the funeral, Dr. Edwards sang at my dad's funeral, man. And he said, Herbie, he said, your mom would never say this, but if your mom was still living, she would love for you to move back to Virginia. And he said, I got a job for you. So uh, my wife, man, she's from Pittsburgh. Um, she's black and Puerto Rican. And I will tell you one thing about Henrico County at Hermitage High School. I was inducted to the um, Hermitage Hall of Fame for uh, wrestling. And when my wife saw all of the black and children of color that were being recognized as scholar athletes, she said, Herb, I want our kids to grow up in a school division with this level of diversity and where all kids are getting recognized. So kudos to Henrico County Public Schools. Um, because that's why we moved back to Virginia, you know, because in Pittsburgh, things were still kind of segregated. And then the other piece of that is I started at Mount Vernon Alternative School. And um, I was a eighth grade teacher at our most at promised kids in Henrico County. And after my second year, man, I went from a 12% pass to a 92% pass. And Dr. Edwards said, Herbie, if your dad was still living, he would want you to quit coaching because I was coaching wrestling at Harmonage. And he said he would want you to go into administration. So I called my mom on the way home. I said, mom, Dr. Edwards told me to quit coaching and, and go into administration. What, do I, what am I supposed to do? My mom said, you do whatever Dr. Edwards tells you to do. And brother, he put me in that cohort at VCU. And two years later, I got my degree in supervision and leadership. And I was an assistant principal at Falling Creek. And my high school assistant principal, Bill um, Pike, was principal at Lakeside. When he retired, he called me and said, Herbie, I got a job for you. And I became principal at Lakeside Elementary School, who was in school improvement. And two years after that, we were the national title one school of the year, man. Wow. And Ryko's first national title one school of the year. Wow. So, yeah, man, I really have to thank those shoulders that I stood on. Wow. Wow. That's um, I, I don't even know to, where to go from there. That's just <laughs> such a great just a great story of I, I don't even, I, I want to say overcoming adversity. But at, at the same time, it, it's just it draws upon so much inspiration for us to number one, recognize the impact that we're having the story that you just shared about even Dr. Edwards being the reason why you're in education and, and, and the things that you experienced to get there. And then going back to earlier in our conversation, when we talked about not knowing day in and day out, whether or not you're making a difference, but we are planting seeds. You are planting seeds every single day and to keep grinding, whether or not you, you know it, or you feel it, or, or you hear it. It'll, it will eventually manifest itself. 
but to to hear your story um, draws upon a, a great amount of of inspiration, and I just want to let it hang there. So I, I, we're going to close this out. We're, let's let's bring it home now. Uh, what a great conversation! A, a great way to to draw upon inspiration. Um, what is maybe a, a parting shot you have for us or maybe a, a, a final word you'd like to share before we, we say goodbye to our audience? Chris, I want the audience to take out a piece of paper and a pencil, brother. I got, I got, four, I got four things I want to hit everybody with right now that I think will make all of the difference in the world. Number one, never say can't. Say not yet, but soon with practice. Uh, that hung in my third grade classroom when I was a first year teacher. And I had to remember that because I would go home some days in tears. And my dad said, son, don't worry about it. It doesn't matter what's on your walls. It doesn't matter what's, what's in your lesson plans. What, what matters is that the kids know that you love them and that you believe in them. So I'm not saying not do lesson plans, but what I'm saying is <laughs> your relationship is what's the most important thing. So if you're a first year teacher or even an administrator with 30 years in, remember, never say can't, say not yet, but soon with practice. Number two, teamwork makes the dream work. You know, my dad, when he was 17 years old, went into a restaurant for white people only. And when he came out, he was arrested and spent three days in South Carolina State Penitentiary. And this is a coin that has South Carolina State Penitentiary in it. You know, in prison, they use these coins to buy chips and toothpaste and bubble gum. And my dad gave this to me. Because he said, Herbie, I knew what I wanted to do when I got out of prison because the white people in that community and the black people in that community got together and they got me out. And he said, from that day, I knew I wanted to be a teacher. He said, because if I could teach people to turn to each other and not on each other, he said, hopefully my kids would not have to experience what I experienced when I was in Florence, South Carolina. So number two is, it, is teamwork makes the dream work. And number three, we have to love each other because we have to always remember to turn on each other and never on each other. And number four, last but not least, this is like a buzz phrase, but it means a lot to me. And we have to create a sense of belonging. We've had a health pandemic. We've had a political pandemic. And sometimes I feel like we're having an educational pandemic. But if we continue to create a sense of belonging where kids feel safe, both physically, socially, and emotionally, where kids feel valued, where kids are empowered, where we ensure kids are learning. And when we create an environment where kids can be innovative and risk takers because we've created a culture where kids can make mistakes without losing their dignity, it's gonna be a win-win for everyone. So I just want everyone to remember, never say can't, say not yet, but soon with practice. Teamwork makes the dream work. We always need to love each other and remember to turn to each other and never on each other. And remember, we all have to create a sense of belonging because where there is relationships, there is rigor. Where there is rigor, there is learning. Chris, I love you, brother. Thanks, I love man. you too, man. Thank you so much for spending time with us. I, I'm so grateful. I know you are extremely busy, um, I, and, and especially on a Monday morning. And, and I think today is kickball day for you today, if, if I'm not Ooh. mistaken. We're going to get our <laughs> kickball on and Caroline, baby, baby. Uh, and, and let me tell you what I appreciate about that before we sign off. I appreciate that you're playing, that kickball day is on a Monday and not on a Friday. That just speaks volumes to the four things that you just shared with us. Um, we all, 
all of us who know you, Herb, know that you are legit when you say those four things and we feel it every single time we interact with you. That That is authentic. That is not just... Um, uh, uh, I, I don't know what phrase I'm thinking of now. Like you don't just say those things and then keep it moving. Like you live and embody those things. And those who get to the, the privilege of interacting with you can really feel those things. So thank you so much for your time, for sharing your experience and also your lessons learned and your wisdom as we look to push things forward in, in the 22-23 school year. Uh, for those of you tuning in, thank you so much for tuning in to Deeper Insights. This has been Dr. Herb Monroe. Thank you, sir. We appreciate you. Hey, thank you, man. Have a great day. All right.